Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. That's all right. I got enough to go on from uh, the Wednesday night selectees there that keep us busy for a few years. Amen. Romans chapter number 5, verses 10 and 11. Uh, The Bible says, For if when we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ by whom we have now received the atonement. By whom we have now received the atonement. Amen. For the next little while, last week we talked about saved by his life, about that breath of air that he breathed into us and how that gave us a means of praise and worship even through times of difficulty that then draws him near unto us. This morning I would like to talk about the covering, which would be the atonement spoken of in verse number 11. The covering or the atonement spoken of in verse number 11. If you'll help me pray today, Lord, I come to you this morning. We're grateful, Lord God, for these people that have come together themselves together again and centered their lives around your word. I pray, oh Lord, that you would help us, God, as we look at this word and you would anoint our hearts and our minds and you would give us, Lord Jesus, the strength, Lord God, for the journey, God, that is here before us today. God, anoint my words, anoint my mind, Jesus. Mark any air from my mouth and let it be acceptable, Lord Jesus, for these people. God, will thank you and we'll praise you for it in the lovely name of Jesus Christ that we pray amen and amen everybody say amen amen you may be seated this morning I mean our focal point today will be a little bit on uh, this word or this idea of atonement for one reason the word atonement here in Romans chapter 5 and verse 11 is the only place that the word of atonement uh, from my understanding from what I can see I believe is the only time that it's found in New Testament scripture uh, but we see a on several other occasions in the Old Testament scripture. And atonement brings with it an idea of reconciliation. It brings with it an idea, an Old Testament idea of needing and a covering for our lives. Uh, I spoke a little bit in closure on Wednesday night about that idea of a covering. And I really didn't get to the point that I was trying to make there. That happens all times in preaching. Uh, but uh, I didn't really get to the point that I meant to make because I was talking about people's addictions and in that service, I remember at the end of the service, what I forgot all about or was meant to say was that there was a lady that came up at the end of that service with a little sash, and in it was uh, her habit and her addiction that she had had for years of, of, of being a smoker and, and having cigarettes, and she wanted the Lord uh, to cover that uh, that particular evening. And as it was then, so it is now, that deeply rooted inside of you and I is this need for a covering in our lives. Adam and Eve, it started with the first family. And there's a lot of stuff that started there. Uh, Sin entered the world because of one man's disobedience, the Bible said in Romans. And because of one man's obedience, talking about the second Adam, Jesus Christ, then we are all made free uh, if we take what he provided for us. And so Adam and Eve faced this tragedy in the Garden of Eden. Uh, The Bible speaks of them in Genesis 2.25 for your reference today, that they were both naked, the man and his wife, and they were not ashamed. 
Uh, there was no shame in the nakedness that they had uh, whenever they were first created in the likeness and in the image of God. Yet scripture relates to us that after they ate of the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, the Bible tells us for your reference in Genesis 3-7 that the eyes of them both were opened and they knew that they were naked. It brought a recognition to something perhaps that they really did not recognize before. But they realized now they were uncovered. They realized now that they were naked. And as a result of this, we understand that God had told them not to eat of the tree that was in the midst of the garden, but they did. So they tra transgress against the command of the Lord. They sinned, if you will. And as a result of this now is the awareness of their, their nakedness, a result of their sin. And it's interesting enough that what do they do when they understand that they are uncovered? They're trying to find a covering, trying to find something to cover themselves up now that they see and understand that they are naked. The Bible tells us in Genesis 3 and 7, that same verse, that they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. They're aware of their own nakedness and they seek out their own invention. They seek out their own invention for covering their own nakedness. That was a result of their own transgression. So they get the bright idea, why don't we take some fig leaves and Eve, you and I will sit down here and we'll do a little sewing here. And whenever we're done, perhaps we'll be able to cover this nakedness that we have that's a result of our sin. But we understand very clearly that that didn't cover them enough. That didn't satisfy the bill for them. So the Bible tells us that whenever the Spirit of the Lord came down as he off would in, in the cool of the day, and they heard the voice of the Lord in that cool of the day walking in the garden. The Bible says that they hid themselves. Now why would it they hide themselves if they thought they'd already made a sufficient covering for themselves? If their own invention of putting fig leaves together was sufficient enough, why is it then that now they go cower somewhere among trees and bushes and the vegetation of the garden if that covering was enough because I believe there's something that we all truly understand in the back part of our mind is this that there's none of our own inventions that's good enough to cover the sin cover the transgression cover the heartache and the woe that has been in our life no matter how well we might have fashioned how good of a seamstress we are uh, our own inventions by no means will never truly cover what needs to be covered. So they go and hide themselves because, again, they're trying to look for that covering for their nakedness. And then whenever the Spirit of the Lord comes to them and he speaks with Adam and he speaks with Eve and he questions Adam about eating the tree, he questions him about his mistake, about his sin. Adam... Now look, we, the, the, the leaves weren't good enough. Hiding among the trees were not enough. So now he's got to take it up another level. God, it wasn't me. It was my wife Eve that brought me into this little difficulty and problem here. This, this was not of my own making. I had some help. Well, he was still trying to cover himself. It might have not been with a leaf, but it was with an excuse. It was with a reason. I didn't get into this thing by myself. It was Eve that did it. And whenever the, the, the questioning is going toward Eve, here she is. Evidently, the fig leaves and the trees that she tried to hide herself among wasn't good enough either because she then brings up the serpent. Well, it's the serpent's fault that all these things have come 
upon me. And both of these people are still just trying, needing, wanting something to cover what, what has happened in their life. So they, they blame one another. The husband blames the wife. The wife blames the serpent. And all of these things failed in providing the covering that they needed in their life. And so the Bible says, we understand the fig leaves, no good. The trees, no good. The blame game didn't help anything at all. Amen. It will not help. Because uh, I ran into people to come to a certain junction in the road. They'll try to bring their parents in on it. It was mom and dad. I understand to a certain degree because if you're up bringing, your cell is already set in a certain direction. But whenever the rubber meets the road and the days are numbered and all over, it's going to come down to a conscious choice of each and every one of ours. Amen. We, we can only lean so much on the history of our family and our parents to say, well, that's held me hostage for all these years and that's the reason why I can never get out of that or go further than that. No, when the rubber meets the road, it all comes to a conscious choice and decision. Amen. Nobody, nobody's making me do anything. Amen. I, I, I have a right of choice in all of this. And, and so the blame game, it doesn't work as well. And then it finally comes to a place, Lord, that, that, that the Spirit of the Lord, God, He made them uh, some, from some skins. He took a sacrificial animal. He killed it. He slayed it. And by the skins of that animal, the Bible tells us in Genesis 3 there that He clothed them. They're now fully covered. But that covering came as a result of a substitutionary death. That covering was a result of blood being shed. And when the blood was shed, that which was as a result of blood being shed, amply, aptly, however you wish to say it, wholly, covered their situation. And with that being the first episode in Scripture, so it would be a type and shadow for the episode in New Testament Scripture that the covering for our sin, our own inventions will not suffice. The blame game does not work. Just going and hiding does not work. But we need some shed blood. We need some shed blood. And as a result of the shed blood of the perfect lamb, Amen. That was up on Calvary's hill that John the Baptist, whenever Jesus came walking down to Beth Arba to be baptized, he said to those around, he said, here comes the Lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world. That perfect Lamb, him being slain, his blood being shed would provide the proper covering for you and I, amen, from this sin and this transgression that has entered our life from the very beginning. Back at Adam and Eve. The word atonement very simply means to cover. To cover. The Bible tells us in Genesis 6, Sister McGee in verse 13, a story that we have read many times. The Bible says, And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh is come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. Behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Room shalt thou make in the ark, and shalt pitch it within and without with pitch. So, we have looked at this several times, but we shall again. Noah builds this huge ark in a desert. And as far as we know, he never built an ark before, or a boat for that matter. Furthermore, we understand from Hebrews eleven seven, the Bible says, By faith Noah, being warned of God of things 
not seen as yet. God said there's going to be a flood. There's going to be water. No one never seen anything like this. Moved with fear and prepared an ark to the saving of his house by which he condemned the world and became the heir of righteousness which is by faith. So God warned him of things which were not of yet. He had never seen a flood before. Never had seen this amount of precipitation. Lived away from the seas. Only had a few rivers by him. Uh, certainly no one had probably built a boat that was almost 100 or 100, 450 feet long. <laughs> I doubt that very seriously. Amen. They, they didn't go out on the seas or on the little rivers in a boat 450 feet long. And so here's this just monstrosity of a thing that's sitting out here in a desert place. Probably draws a little bit of attention. It's magnificent. It's awesome. It's fantastic. Its size is enormous. But if the flood had come right then, after all the wooden members were put together, whether he did tongue and groove or whether he had wooden pegs that fast, I don't know the exact fastening of it, but however those wooden members come together, if, it, if the flood had came right then, that thing would have leaked like a sieve. It would have sunk had it came right then. Because you gotta understand, Noah, he's, he's an amateur here. He's not a professional. I don't care even if there is a, a professional. I don't think you could get the wooden members so tight that it would be absolutely watertight. For sure in that day with the tools that they had to use and work with. And so Noah, amateur builder, am, amateur craftsman here, could not have made a boat waterproof just by putting the wooden members together. So God said, Noah, he said, you need to pitch this thing. You got to pitch it within. And you got to pitch it without. The word pitch comes from the same word that the word atonement comes from. In other words, Noah was spoken to of the Lord. He says, you got to cover this thing. you got to cover it within, and you got to cover it without. Now, for he and his family to do this huge structure, pitch it within and without, that's going to take several days. Several days. As a matter of fact, probably a lot of days. Noah comes home, he looks a little black tarry, you know, because he got pitch all over him. So this is going to take several days. But it had to be done because the only way that that vessel would stay afloat, the only way truly that it would be for the saving of his family is if there was a covering on that ark. It could not just be the joining together of the boards. That would not, that would not be sufficient. It was going to have to be pitched within and pitched without. What are you saying this morning, Brother McGee? I'm telling us this. From the time that we're born, from the time that we're born, we're building a little bit by little our own ark. From the time that we're born, we're putting our little members together with our family even and we're rearing them and we're raising them properly and, and we're, 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 we're really at work at it. We're, we're work at it in our home. We're at work at it in our churches. Uh, we buy houses. We train kids. We marry them off. Amen. But many times, those things called life and family fall apart. And the reason being is because we're amateur craftsmen too. We've never made a life before either. We've never built a family before either. I mean, this is the first time we had kids, you know. This is not like my second life to give it another try. This is the first time that I'm doing all this, so all the little tongue and groove doesn't quite fit together real well. I find out I cut a little bit too shy and a little bit too long in other places, and it doesn't always fit together real well. And as a result of that, I need a covering in my family. As a result of that, I need a covering in my life because this life will not last much distance in 
will not stay afloat unless there's some type of covering. And so I need this thing pitched within. I need this thing pitched without. Amen. In my life, in the life of my family, in the life of my children, this thing will not stay afloat without the atonement, without a covering. Amen. Someone say amen. amen. We need it if we're going to stay afloat. We'll sink if we don't. We'll die. We'll be without hope. The family would not have made it. The, the, those eight souls saved that the Bible speaks of in New Testament Scripture of Noah's family, that would have never been recorded if they didn't have the pitch or the covering for the ark. Even the little baby, even the little baby Moses, his mother seen fit to make him a structure. After three months holding him, she seen that he was a goodly child, the Bible says. Seeing that this child is, he's going to go somewhere. Right now there's a decree upon all the children, the male children in particular, that they would be slain the moment that they're born. Because we don't want Israel becoming greater in number or mightier in power because they were multiplying, becoming great. But a new king arose over Israel that knew not Joseph. And as a result of it, this new king said, as they're born, slay them. As they're born, get rid of them. Throw them in the river. Do whatever you want to. And so after three months of hiding Moses, Amen. His mother said, hey, this is a goodly child. And the Bible says that she began to make, look, another ark out of bulrushes. Amen. She made a structure for this kid. I tell you what, it is advisable for us as parents to do as Jochebed, which was her name. Amen. Moses' mother, that we provide a structure for our children. But notice, though, she didn't just make a bunch of bulrushes and then lay him in the river. No. She didn't stop there. The Bible says that she got some pitch. Same word for atone or covering, atonement. And she pitched that little ark that she put her little baby in within and without. And then she laid that thing down in the river. And once you know, then the Pharaoh's daughter found it. And once you know then that his sister said, hey, she, Pharaoh's daughter said, hey, go get one of the Hebrew women uh, to give this child suck. And she went and got Moses' mama. All of this would not have been possible though. Had not someone applied pitch within and pitch without. It was necessary to have a covering. And I don't know if you understand what's taking place here, but just as important as the blood of the sacrificial animal and the skins from the sacrificial animal for Adam and Eve, just as critical for the pitch of the ark that was the saving of eight souls in Noah's family, just as critical as the pitch for Moses who looked contingent upon him was the deliverance of a whole nation, all really took hinge upon somebody applying a covering to the arks and the lives that are needed ladies and gentlemen the story has not changed it is still the same it requires a covering in our life and for our life or this thing as well is going to sink yeah. amen someone say amen. amen we have our dreams and we have our destinies amen but we need the covering same thing will hold true for our church bring someone that's pioneering the church never done this before and let me tell you, it's full of hoes sometimes. Amen. All the joints just don't meet up quite right. And our only saving grace is our covering. Amen. Let me tell you what makes a good church a great church. It's his covering. It's his covering. Because we come together and all the joints don't just fit just right, but that atonement, that covering, amen, causes it to be watertight if you will 
allows us to float along the way. The Bible says in Psalms 127 and verse 1, Scripture says, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman walketh but in vain. So I understand that the watchmen have a certain, they have a certain uh, uh, duty that's ascribed to them and no doubt the labor and certain duty ascribed to them. But everything that they do is to not, if it's not for what the Lord contributes. Amen? For what the Lord contributes. I can only do so much in this life. Because uh, I for sure can't work my way into his kingdom. But I got to do what I can do and allow for his contribution of his covering. Amen. That blood that was shed on Calvary's hill. I need atonement in my life. I need a covering in my life. So what's the story in Genesis chapter number 9? We talk about different type of coverings. In Genesis chapter number 9 in verse 20, the Bible says, And Noah began to be a husband. And he planted a vineyard. This is after the flood. And he drank of the wine and was drunken and he was uncovered within his tent. And Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father and told his two brethren without. And Shem and Japheth took a garment, laid it upon both their shoulders, went backward and covered the nakedness of their father. And their faces were backward and they saw not their father's nakedness. Here is another idea of needing to be covered or if you will, atonement here is a father who got drunk on his own wine from his own vine and i'm not trying to rhyme amen hallelujah but here's a man that has got drunk upon his own wine and he is uncovered in his tent one of his sons sees his nakedness sees him in his uncovered condition his desire it would seem is to exploit daddy exploit that he is uncovered. But when the other two boys find out, they go in backwards with the garment on their shoulders and they want to cover up dad's nakedness without looking on their dad's nakedness. Amen. Noah is uncovered. He's part naked. But here comes two boys that said, hey, I don't need to exploit this. Help me. You know that we can be, to a certain degree, through the help of Christ Jesus, help be a covering for each other. Amen. That even if I am as the apostle called to be an ambassador for Christ Jesus, that certain attributes of him did I take upon myself, that then if that is the case, then I should have an attribute inside of me that would be quicker to cover someone's calamity than exploit their calamity. Amen. <laughs> Rather than trying to draw attention to their sin. Amen that I try to be some help encouraging them on how to get that covered, how to get that taken care of, how to get that under the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we have a responsibility this morning. Are we going to cover or are we going to expose? We're going to have the spirit of Ham. We're going to have the spirit of Shem or Japheth. The answer is always this that if we could directly go to a person and help them recover themselves. Amen? Help them recover themselves. The atonement of the Lord Jesus Christ. Ruth, chapter number 3 and verse number 9. The Bible says, here is Ruth. She had come unto Boaz. They are not married yet. She's received some instruction of her 
mother-in-law to be, Naomi. And she says, you need to go to Boaz. Whenever he lays down to sleep tonight, you uncover his feet and you lay at his feet. And she did so. And the Bible says in verse 9, and he said, who art thou? And she answered, I am Ruth, thine handmaid. Spread therefore thy skirt over thine handmaid, for thou art a near kinsman. The basic plea of Ruth was this. Ruth is a foreigner. Ruth is a stranger. Ruth is from the land of Moabite. Not smiled upon, not looked upon. God called Moab his wash pot, okay? She's a stranger. She's a foreigner. But she's laying at the feet of Boaz, and she's basically asking him this. Will you cover this foreigner? Will you cover this stranger? Will you cover this individual whose locality has the flavor of ill repute, wickedness, and evil? Will you cover something like that, Boaz? And so whenever she first came into the life of Naomi and they first came back to Bethlehem, Judah, she was, if you will, a little bit exposed. The Bible says that she went out into the, 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 the fields of Boaz and she would be a gleaner because her and Naomi has come back now during a time of harvest and now they have come back seemingly without land. They don't have, uh, Naomi doesn't have her husband or her sons and they're basically without land and so they're kind of uh, w- operating as the poor and they're gleaning from the fields of another and she's out there gleaning and she finds a little bit of favor in the eye of Boaz and Boaz even speaks to his young men. He says, warned them, don't, don't you touch her. Don't you do anything uh, against Ruth as she's gleaning among the sheaves here. And right here in the scripture, though, Naomi has told her, now I want you to go to Boaz. I want you to uncover his feet. I want you to lay down there. And then whenever he, he comes to his awareness that you're there, he'll tell you what to do. Hey, man. But you know what? Ruth went a step further than what Naomi told her to do. Naomi only said uncover his feet and lay down there. And then he'll tell you what to do. Ruth says, I need some big help. I'll uncover his feet. I'll lay down there. But I'm in big need of a covering. And so whenever she lay down there and he came uh, to awaken, he looked at her and asked her those questions. And then she asked him, will you spread your skirt over your handmaiden notice now she's understanding hey Boaz if you can do this if if you will do this she said the first time I ever came to you I spoke of myself as a stranger you can read of it in in, in Ruth 2 the first time I ever came to you I spoke to myself as a stranger and as a foreigner notice though right now here in scripture whenever she's asking for this covering from Boaz she's not calling herself a foreigner she's not calling herself a Moabitess she's not calling herself a stranger she says your handmaiden in other words I want something to take place right here amen through virtue of you covering me I've been a beggar in the field and the moment in time that Boaz covered her it's not long after that he's meeting at the city gate he's becoming the near kinsman redeemer for them in other words he's going to buy back Naomi buy back Ruth buy back their land buy back their crop he's willing to do it he's able to do it and the lady that was a beggar in his field gleaning now is owner along with everything that he has because he chose and she was under his covering No longer a stranger, no longer a foreigner, no longer an outcast. But she was recognized as one of them because she had been covered. Ladies and gentlemen, we came to the Lord. We were the stranger. 
When we came to the Lord, we were the foreigner. When we came to the Lord, we were from a place of wickedness, evil, and ill repute, if you will. But we've come and put ourselves at the feet of the master and say, Lord, we need a covering. And blood was already been shed. And he's become a kinsman redeemer for us so that now we're not a beggar anymore. But whatever he has, I have. Whatever is his kingdom is my kingdom. Because of that covering. Because of the covering. No longer a stranger. There's an atonement. There's an covering. Esther chapter number 5 and verse number 1. Walking through the Bible here a little bit today. Now it came to pass on the third day that Esther put on her royal apparel and stood in the inner court of the king's house over against the king's house. And the king sat upon his royal throne in the royal house over against the gate of the house and it was so when the king saw Esther the queen standing in the court that she obtained favor in his sight the king held out to Esther the golden scepter that was in his hand so Esther drew near and touched the top of the scepter another wonderful story about a covering she had been summoned unto the king. She had become the queen. But now at this juncture in the story of Esther, it had been some 30 days since he had summoned her into his presence. No one went into the presence of the king without being summoned. They had a gambling thing that could happen here. They enter in without him summoning them. They might get life. They might get death. But Mordecai had come to Esther and said, Esther, there is a decree that has went forth with the seal of the king. Haman has masterminded all of this, but he got the king's seal to seal it and make the word true. That on such and such day, they're going to be able to go through and they're going to kill the Jews. Amen. And he says, that's your family. You need to go in and do something about this and reverse this and get this taken care of. Esther told Mordecai, basically, if I go in there and I've not been summoned, I could die. There's only a chance that I might live. He says, Esther, I want you to know that if you don't do this, deliverance will come some other way. The Jews will still be delivered, but you, this is important this morning, but you, and your father's house will die. So whether you participate or not, the Jews are going to be taken care of. But your participation has a lot to do with what's going to happen for you. And so, she goes on a three-day fast. <laughs> and she's entering now into the presence of the king where life or death could be extended to her. And after this three days, she walks into the throne room She's very vulnerable. Can I say in a figurative way, she's exposed. She's very vulnerable. She walks into that place. She's simply standing there, no doubt exquisitely beautiful as she was the first time she entered into the throne room. But she's entirely dependent upon the king's grace. That can say yes or no. 
And so she's standing there exposed. She's standing there vulnerable. And then that king holds out that golden scepter unto her, a symbol of his authority to Esther. And in doing so, hey man, whenever he held out that authority and held out that scepter, he was extending to her his authority. He was extending to her protection. He's extending to her his covering. He was extending to her, amen, his mighty kingdom that reigned all the way from India to Ethiopia that was 127 provinces. Whenever he extended that scepter, he extended everything that he had. But notice now, I love this, in Esther 5 and verse number 3, it's not up there, but Bible says, Then said the king unto her, What wilt thou, Queen Esther? And what is thy request? And it shall be given to thee to half of the kingdom. Whenever he extended that golden scepter, he said, you make your request, whatever it is, I'll give it to you and even half the kingdom. And for that matter, we saw the courage of the king, amen, bolstering her faith in what he could do because he calls her Queen Esther. He says, Queen Esther, what? Recognize now, you're, you're, you're not just now that girl on the backside, but you're a part of this kingdom, Queen. Mm -hmm. Queen Esther, what is it that you would like? What is it that you want? In other words, she's just not another girl in the Harlem right now. She is not just a partner. She is one in cohesive power with the king. Yes, <laughs> so the Jews were protected. Great, that's going to happen anyway. More importantly, Esther and her daddy's household were protected. Uh-huh. <laughs> it takes our involvement concerning this covering thing. Amen? She had to approach the king. Uh-huh. She had to approach the king. She had to come before him in that vulnerable, uncovered state, if you will. She had to receive covering for her and her family. Amen. We need to likewise get to a place in life that we can enter into the king's throne room in our vulnerable, figuratively uncovered states and have him to put that scepter of authority in our direction. And have him call us sons and daughters, if you will, of the kingdom. Amen. Because I am in need of that covering. Because I didn't have anything. But I've been washed in the blood of the Lamb. I've been purified. I've become a part of this bride. I was vulnerable, but now I'm protected. Amen. I was vulnerable, but now... I, I, I have every promise and, and the armor of the Lord upon my life. Now, now he sees me not as the blemished one, but one that's without spot or blemish. Hallelujah. Because I've been covered by his blood. The Bible says in Colossians 1.19, it says, For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell, and having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself, by him, I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven, 
and you that were sometimes alienated. Amen, that's me. And enemies in your mind by wicked works. Yet now hath he reconciled in the body of his flesh. <laughs> How did he do it? In the body of his flesh through death. What was so important about that? See, because the New Testament word atonement in Romans chapter number 5 and verse 11, the only time that we see it mentioned in the New Testament, the New Testament word atonement comes actually from a Greek word that means to reconcile in the New Testament. Mm -hmm. To reconcile. And so he talks to us that us that were sometimes alienated and enemies in our mind, yet now hath he reconciled. He's atoned. How? By in the body of his flesh through death. Why is that so important? Because the body of his flesh provided the blood. The body of Jesus' flesh provided the blood. And through death that blood was shed. Amen. And because of that shedding of the blood that provided a covering for you and I to present you holy. Look at it now. To present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. How can I look holy, unblameable, unreprovable in his sight? Do you know who I am? How can I look holy? How can I look unblameable? How can Paul McGee look like that? I tell you how. Because I've been reconciled by the body of his flesh. Blood was shed. There's a covering over me. So whenever he looks at Paul McGee, used to he would see blemish, wickedness, contamination. But I've been covered. Now that he looks at Paul McGee, there's a covering there of his own blood. And he sees holiness and righteousness and goodness. Yes. Come on, some of you that have started a walk of God, you're worried about all your past and where you've been and what you've done. I'm here to tell you today, there is a covering. Now when God looks at you, he's not looking at what you were and what you did. You've been covered by the blood. He sees holiness, righteousness, purity. Amen. Woo! I need that covering. Without it, you're still looking at the blemished. You're still looking at the tainted. But I need that covering so that he's looking upon the covering of that blood and the atonement work of that blood. He can see the righteousness, the unblameable, the unreprovable in his sight. Ephesians 1 and verse number 4. I'm, I'm, I'm hurrying today. Ephesians 1 and verse number 4. According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. Look. That we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Ephesians 5.27 speaks. Says that he might present to himself a glorious church. Not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing. But it should be holy and without blemish. How is it possible? It's possible because of the covering. He's covering me. His love, His mercy, His grace, His blood, everything about Him 
has covered me. What I just need to do is put myself thoroughly and totally under him. Amen. What interests me, and I'll hasten to a close here in the next five minutes. In Romans 5 and verse 11, not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ by whom we have now received the atonement, which actually in the Greek means reconciliation or reconcile. We have now received the reconciliation. The word means exchange of the business of money changers, exchanging equivalent values, adjustment of difference, reconciliation, restore to favor. In the New Testament of the restoration of the favor of God to sinners that repent and put their trust in the death of Christ Jesus. When we talk about then this word coming from the Greek which means to reconcile it means to exchange two things of like value or to bring two things to equal value. So there's a little contrast then in the Old Testament rendering of the word atonement and the New Testament rendering of the word atonement. Watch it now. And I like this. Old Testament rendering of the word atonement Something is being covered. Something is being, could I even say to a certain degree, hidden. The sacrificial system of that day was largely dependent upon blood. Through the tabernacle and the temple, they, it was in essence a covering. They would bring that blood in on the day of atonement. And they sprinkled it upon the mercy seat. And it was for all the sins they committed that year we're closing our eyes to this and we're just going to go another year and do this again. It was a covering, a hiding, if you will. But in the New Testament, the atonement, there is an exchange that has been completed to bring about the atonement or the reconciliation. In the Old Testament, you're covering it over. Smearing the pitch on the boat. Covering it. <laughs> Taking the blood of the animal. Covering the mercy seat with that blood. But in the New Testament, the idea of atonement goes a little bit further than just a covering. <laughs> but it comes to a complete equalization of the debt <laughs> a complete equalization of the debt this thing just isn't covered this thing has been made right I'm not just covering sin that sin brought anger into the mind of a powerful God I'm not just covering it I'm righting the wrong I'm bringing some equalization to the debt. It's not, it's not like someone saying, you owe me so much money and them just forgiving it. That would be Old Testament, it's covered atonement. New Testament covered atonement is this. Don't worry about it. Somebody else paid for it. <laughs> 
Not only is it covered, <laughs> but it's paid for. See, because we, I mean, lo and behold, if in a literal way they could take the cover off the years of sins gone by in the Old Testament through the old sacrificial system, they would see all this garbage. <laughs> the New Testament, not only is he covered all that, but if you go to try to start scraping that off, you're not going to see anything anyway because it's been paid for as well. The wrong has been righted. Stand to your feet with me this morning. That's the type of covering that I'm trying to tell you today that Jesus Christ is offering you. Not just a covering, but he's willing to make right your wrongs. He's willing to make right your wrongs. So last week, I saved by his life. There's a whole lot more of those connotations with that just concerning this atonement and covering not just the idea of covering that I received from the Old Testament, but this, this one little pit stop in the New Testament where the word is used. That's telling me concerning there can be reconciliation. The wrongs can be made righted. Because I've talked to you all before concerning the subject matter of forgiveness. Anybody can forgive? Really? You know, everything don't have to be hand you know, woo-hoo, hunkadori between you and the other person in order for you to forgive them. Forgiveness only has to take one person. But if you remember back during that study, reconciliation takes two parties. You can have a forgiven episode between two people and go on with life, but that relationship might not be reconciled because reconciliation takes the offended and the offender. God says... Not only have it's been covered, it's been forgiven. <laughs> he said, but in this two-party episode, he says, we're going to have reconciliation. Oh, so we all, you sing song, I, you know, thank God I've been forgiven. I'm glad of that. Thank God that I've been covered by the blood, but I'm also thankful for a New Testament atonement that brings about reconciliation that causes me to be in relationship with him. Amen. And walk with him. Amen. And do not have that lingering over my head as some anvil that's just threatened me because it's not even there anymore. He has righted my wrong. We bow our heads in this place today. Hallelujah. All across this building. Amen. These altars are always open. I want you to understand that. These altars are always open today. Hallelujah. If there's anybody standing at the sound of my voice, and perhaps you'd just like to lift your hand today and say, Brother McGee, I am in need of that covering. I am in need of that atonement. I am in need today of the Lord righting some wrongs in my life. I want you to know that he is here to do it. Amen. That was his purpose for coming. Amen. He came. Amen. In the flesh of a human body that they knew as Jesus Christ for the purpose of that thing dying and blood being shed for the purpose of an atonement for his people. Amen. So you're not frustrating his purpose today if you raise your hand and say, I need help there. Pastor, I need help there. I need God to cover me. I need his blood to cover me. And I need some reconciliation today. I need some equalization of debt today. I need the wrongs in my life to be righted 
by his spirit. Ladies and gentlemen, we will not make it in this life without that covering. Amen. We must have that. We must have that because without that, we're just tainted. We're stained. We're still in such a deplorable state. But if he could cover us, whenever he looks at us, he'll see his righteousness, his goodness, his mercy, his great grace. We have been saved by his life and not that only, but also by the atonement that is offered through his blood. And I'm thankful today for that. Hallelujah, hallelujah. These altars are open. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you, and have a blessed day.